Hello, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to the first episode in King's Place's brand new Strong Women, Strong Voices podcast series. In this episode, we speak to two exciting female voices in contemporary folk music, singer-songwriters Kristen McClement and Emma Gattrell, who perform a joint headline show on the 8th of March at King's Place to celebrate International Women's Day. The two artists have long been friends and admirers of each other's music. In this podcast, we find out more about how they met, what inspires their music, and what they've got in store for this very special show. I thought a nice place to begin was to ask you both how you met for the first time. Um, so I, I moved into a, a house share in Brighton about nine years ago and it happened that two members of that house share were part of the Sons of Nolan Adrian who were part of the Wilkerman Collective and Emma was also part of that band and was also making her own music. So we just uh, naturally met each other on the scene. We rehearsed every Monday. That's and right. And your bedroom was just onto the conservatory where we rehearsed there was no getting away <laughs> that's right do you, do you remember early conversations you know maybe saying some nice things to each other about your music I remember when I first discovered Kristen's music I bought your EP like immediately Ah. yeah I've, I've always been inspired listening to Kristen I don't think originally we talked about collaborating I think we just kind of became friends first yeah, and, and appreciated what each other did, yeah. I was definitely um, enchanted by Emma's presence on stage. She's an amazing musician. I mean, just seeing someone play the harp is quite an extraordinary thing for me, being a guitarist and a singer, which feels, you know, a lot of people do that. It seems like Brighton was and is an important part of your musical life. Is it a matter of having other musicians around you or also a matter of the actual sort of surroundings? I think, well, for me, it's kind of both of those things. I love Brighton because I love that we're in a city, but we're also so close to the countryside. I mean, you can get out onto the downs in no time at all, and you've also got the sea. There's a lot of space you can find within a city, which growing up in the country, I don't know if I could live in somewhere that doesn't have that kind of access. I mean, a lot of amazing music to find in Brighton. Like lots of community-led, like organisations and and nights and things, you know, that tie everyone together. Yeah, I think Emma was pretty spot on there. I guess Brighton has a certain energy about it, a, a kind of a, a magical vibe. I think there are a lot of open-minded people here. Quite a liberal city, I would say. Yeah. So it attracts people like us who naturally want to meet other people and then be creative together. Mm. 
picking up on something Emma said, do you have to be in the sort of right headspace to write a song? Would you wander down to somewhere like the beach or somewhere in the country to maybe clear your head? Yeah, I do a lot. <laughs> I also, if I get stuck with a song, I quite often will record the heart part and then go for a big walk and it sounds a bit, I don't know, maybe it's not very cool. Yeah, it helps me like walking and thinking about what things are about and how things kind of all come together and tie together, if that makes sense. The, the downs are just on our doorstep as well. The coast from Brighton up to Rotting Dean and beyond is really yeah. spectacular and that's a great place to wander and just um, open your senses. M maybe over time, have you sort of thought about how y your approach to music is the same and perhaps in some ways that it differs? I think we are quite similar and are quite different, really. I think we probably do approach songwriting in quite a similar way. We both write quite dark songs, but I like to think we're not dark people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think it's quite hard to define the place that, that songs come from, but I think we're both quite... We are introspective songwriters, but through that kind of reaching out and trying to pull in our thoughts about the wider world and kind of express that through our songs as well. Would you write lots of songs and then not record some of them or are you perfectionist and work at one song for a long time? A lot of sketches for songs um, and not all of them turn into a complete song. Um, I feel like my head is full of a lot of musical ideas and phrases and it's just kind of picking them out and putting putting them together. It's like, like working on a big puzzle mm. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same in that respect. I have a lot that, yeah, don't, don't ever get finished. The little ideas you can sometimes, like, revisit and turn into something else, but if a song never kind of quite gets to that point, I kind of, yeah, I guess I do just abandon it. It's never gone fully. Maybe moving on to the arrangements. There's a difference, obviously, from writing a song and then entrusting it to other musicians. How do you find that process, both of you? I love that process. I mean, I, I love trying to make arrangements up myself. Um, but I also love that when you get other people involved, they kind of bring things to the song that you might not necessarily have thought about mm -hmm. originally. Just like, you know, one idea from someone else can kind of take the song and, you know, suddenly it blossoms into something else. So I think, yeah, I think it's an amazing part of the process. And I would say it's it's very intuitive as well. You, your own response to kind of layering sounds on, on a, a song structure and also other people's response. It's very hard to, um, to kind of say how they're doing it. It's very instinctive, kind mm. of natural process. I wanted to ask about, for both of you, recording your, your debut album. Was that a challenging process? It was quite a long process <laughs> for me. I um, had a, a few different 
attempts with uh, different recording setups. But thank goodness Christian Hardy came along from the Leisure Society. He really helped pull myself and my bandmates at the time, Tom and Becca, uh, together and organize our time and structure it so that we could we could get to an end result and, and to a place where we could then think about the broader um, arrangements of the album. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I am definitely a perfectionist, so it's really hard to to let things go. I'm learning how to get better at it. I actually recorded my debut album completely differently. Yeah. I kind of wrote all the songs before I'd ever played a gig. I got access to a derelict chapel that I was only allowed for three weekends. Kind of stayed up all night, but recorded the whole thing within those three weekends, including all the other musicians that came in and tried stuff on top. Luckily, being part of the World Common Collective helped and meant these musicians are available and up for it and ready. So, yeah, mine was kind of a pretty swift creation. How has that initial experience sort of affected how you're recording the future? I know Emma's releasing Cocoon at the um, King's Place show. Um, yeah, the next record took me a lot longer, but I started recording it when I hadn't necessarily finished some of the songs. So it was kind of the other way around. And I also spent spent quite a lot of time arranging them and trying different ideas out. Because a lot of the instrumentation on it is done by me and Marcus Hamblet. Um, so we spent quite a lot of time trying out different ideas and seeing where it took things. Um, so I guess, yeah, I didn't do the same thing twice. That's what I'm saying. Both were fun processes. We're kind of in in the middle of it, I would say. Interesting that Emma would mention the, the derelict chapel for her <laughs> first album because we've used um, a lovely little church in Wiltshire to lay down a lot of the, the drums and guitar tracks as a foundation. So, yeah, we're very much uh, chipping away, yeah. the show at King's Place. Maybe a good place to start is the musicians that will be working with you um, in this concert where you'll both be performing each other's songs. Well, there is Jules Owen, who um, has been my bandmate for, for quite a long time now, about five years, on drums and harmonium and trumpet. And there's Marcus Hamblet, who's been my bandmate for years. He's going to play electric guitar and bass. And then, <laughs> and then there's Martha Rose, who is a dear friend of ours, and she's a, a singer-songwriter in her own. Yeah, as well, and an amazing um, fiddle player. Yeah, we've had a few rehearsals already. Yeah, we're really excited. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, a lot to learn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but also it's just such a lovely space to play. 
really grateful to be able to to come on on such a special day and and uh, play music and celebrate being a woman. The event is on International Women's Day. What are your thoughts on this? What does that mean to you? So we've been celebrating the um, cultural and political um, achievements of women for for quite a while, or since the early 1900s. And it is a really significant day just to raise awareness that there are still quite big gaps when it ter- in terms of equality between women's and men's rights all over the world. Um, on the 8th of March, as a woman as well in the music industry and, and have, a, have kind of a space where we're allowed to do our thing is great. We have some special artwork that we're creating that we're going to sell at the show and profits are going to go towards women's charities and we're going to give people the choice between a few different options, whether they want to go for UK-based or more worldwide charity, uh, just to give something back. Thanks to Kristen and Emma for speaking to us. The Double Build takes place on Wednesday the 8th of March in King's Place's Hall 2. For more details, visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash IWD. In the next episode of Strong Women, Strong Voices, we speak to composer and robotic artist Sarah Anglis. It's only when you see sort of the whites of people's eyes when you're performing that you know what's going to work. And, uh, yeah, it's taken a long time and it's sort of a confidence thing, but it's also a genuine feeling that my music's sort of three-dimensional. You've got to be in the room with it. I'm Vinesh Maid. You've been listening to a King's Place podcast. You can find and follow us on Twitter at King's Place and Facebook forward slash King's Place. Thanks for listening.